Thank you for joining us for this Prima podcast. My name is Taekwon Gilbert. I am the education coordinator at Prima and the moderator for today's podcast. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. National Cybersecurity Awareness Month was designed to increase awareness regarding the significance of cybersecurity, as well as provide the necessary resources to ensure people are safe and secure online. To commemorate the 16th anniversary of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, Primo created a National Cybersecurity Awareness Month podcast series. Each week during the month of October, Primo will feature podcasts that share important information about cybersecurity. Today's podcast speaker, Daniel Elliott, will discuss cybersecurity best practices in e-commerce. He is the Director of Education and Strategic Initiatives for the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Please enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Daniel. Thank you for having me. So first off, what are some of the most common cybersecurity threats to e-commerce platforms for retailers? Yeah, well, there are many common threats to e-commerce platforms, really. You know, with many people have heard of malware and ransom, right? Ransomware. We hear about those a lot in the news. But there are also, you know, distributed denial of service types of attacks or simply defacing of retail sites or e-commerce sites in the form of price changing or manipulating the content on them. And many of these threats that come through, many of the common threats, uh, begin in the form of an email being sent to the retailer and then that retailer or an employee clicking on the link and opening up the organization to one of these threats. Another type of threat that retailers experience a lot with their e-commerce platforms is these tech support scams where someone will call the person who owns the e-commerce platform and say, you know, I'm tech support and you need to do X, Y, Z, give me control of your computer, and they do it. And so we like people to be aware of those scams, that they shouldn't be taking support from unsolicited calls or emails. I would also like to add that, you know, A lack of security awareness training for employees is a direct threat to an e-commerce platform because an unaware staff or an unaware individual is going to open up an organization to a lot of different threats. And as we move more into a bring-your-own-device economy where employees are connecting to our business networks with their own devices, uh, we have to understand the risks associated with that for our business, right? What devices do we allow to connect to our network? How are they managed? What access do those devices have to our network? Hopefully, they're not on the same network as our e-commerce platform. And I want to end that, I think, or tie it all up with, you also have to think of the physical security and not just some of these digital concerns, right? Do small organizations or large run their e-commerce platforms on the same computers that maybe their children do their homework on? (laughs) I hope not. Or if they manage their e-commerce site from a laptop. How do they take steps to ensure someone can't easily steal that device? So not all threats, again, are uh, to e-commerce are strictly digital. We also have to think about the physical security as well and how we handle these devices and where we leave them and secure them. How is e-commerce security tied to competitive advantage for retailers? Well, retailers, just like any other business, have a legal and ethical responsibility to protect the data they collect and store. And when a retailer demonstrates good cyber hygiene by not collecting unnecessary information, by making it easier for customers to shop securely, 
by being transparent with organizations they do business with, they position themselves as someone you can trust, as someone you want to do business with. So, yeah, strong cybersecurity position is definitely a competitive advantage for retailers and for retailers who are doing business with the federal government or retailers who are part of the supply chain for large organizations, they are going to expect that they have, and actually they will evaluate them. They won't do business with them unless they can demonstrate they have a strong cybersecurity posture, policies, procedures, employee training, et cetera. So um, it's a competitive advantage. It's, it's becoming simply a requirement to do business. What are some practical steps retailers can take to improve the security of their e-commerce platforms? Yeah, there are a few steps retailers can take to improve the security of their e-commerce platforms. At the top of mind include, one, limiting who has administrative privilege to the e-commerce site or who has access to certain parts of it, if you can. So a best practice with that is what's called the principle of least privilege, meaning limit access rights for users to the bare minimum permissions they need to perform the work. So giving access to everything, to everyone in the organization is not a best practice, right? So limit who has administrative privileges to that e-commerce site. It's just kind of like limiting how many people have keys to the house, right? Or how many people have keys to the office. So same type of concept. Along the same lines of limiting who has access to the data, a retailer should also take a hard look at what they are collecting and storing in the first place. If they do not have a legitimate business need for what they're collecting, then they should safely dispose of the data and they should stop collecting it. So you know, it's like a, we always do a digital spring cleaning campaign with the National Cybersecurity Alliance in the spring with the Better Business Bureau. It's just a good practice to go through and identify what you're collecting and get rid of information that you're no longer collecting uh, or that you don't have a specific business need for. Also, organizations should make sure their software is updated. Many retailers are operating with outdated versions of their e-commerce platforms, and I know they're often afraid to click updates for fear of breaking something, but it is imperative that retailers operate with the most current versions of their e-commerce platforms. I've actually seen companies where their host, their IT uh, service provider, has shut down the e-commerce website because they sent multiple notices to the e-commerce business saying you need to update to the most current version, and they never did. They never did. And actually, that exposed risk to the managed services provider, and so they shut them down after multiple notices. And so it's so important to update that software. A few others I have. Encrypting data. So both in transit and at rest, meaning when the data is just sitting there on the network, it should be encrypted. Or when it's moving from one point to the next, it should be encrypted. So only people who have access to the encryption key can actually unlock and see those data. And I'll leave with two final points. Enabling two-factor authentication to access your e-commerce platform. So adding that second layer of access. And then uh, having strong, meaning lengthy, passphrases. Uh, I can't emphasize enough two-factor authentication and a strong, unique, lengthy passphrase to access your account. Those are some of the bare basics, but go miles when it comes to securing your e-commerce platform. 
And the National Cybersecurity Alliance has a ton of information as well, in addition to those five or six points I mentioned on our uh, staysafeonline.org website. And I'll also add another great resource for e-commerce platforms, which is the PCI Security Standards Council, Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council. They have a lot of really great resources for online merchants. Now, from the consumer's perspective, what should they be looking for prior to making a purchase on an e-commerce platform? And is HTTPS still the gold standard? The old advice was to trust anything with an HTTPS in front of it. And that is not the case anymore. Is it still a component of identifying a trustworthy website? Yes, it is a component. But it shouldn't be the only component because cyber criminals can put up a site with an HTTPS just like an honest vendor can. So in addition to looking for that HTTPS and the lock and the URL, consumers should also be looking at a few other things, such as, is this a trusted vendor? Do I know who I'm doing business with, who I'm giving my credit card information to? They should be looking at the reviews of the site. You know, what have been other people's experiences using this vendor? Also, you know, what types of information are the vendor asking me for? Be cautious of oversharing in some of these sites. If they're asking for information that you don't feel comfortable giving out, don't give it out. Don't give more than you need to in order to make a purchase. Also, I'd like to add a few pointers just specifically for shopping online, such as, you know, don't shop or do any sensitive transactions on public Wi-Fi. I encourage people to use a virtual private network or VPN or your phone's data or any other secure network, but not using publicly available Wi-Fi to do a sensitive transaction, like a financial transaction or a a sensitive business uh, transaction when you're at the cafe or the public library or the airport, et cetera. I also encourage consumers to use their credit card when shopping online, not their debit card. There are more protections for credit cards when it comes to something that goes wrong, such as a cyber incident. There are just a lot more consumer protections for identity theft and loss of funds due to a faulty transaction. And, you know, I think as far as monitoring yourself, you know, making sure that consumers are regularly checking their statements, their credit statements, and if they can, to freeze their credit so that others can't take out lines of credit in their, on their behalf and then make purchases without them knowing. And so freezing credit is always that kind of a, a best practice when it comes to just keeping control of your finances. And so, you know, those are some of the, the basics. But when it really when it comes to shopping online, it's do I trust this vendor? Do I know who I'm doing business with? And not just taking the HTTPS as the gold standard because it's, it, unfortunately, it's just not. And, and, and looking for some simple red flags, like are there grammatical, you know, a bunch of series of grammatical errors on the page or pop-ups or, you know, those are way more obvious red flags. But, um, you know, I think we have to be savvier consumers, you know, online and make sure that we're stopping and thinking before we make a purchase, before we click a link so that we can better protect ourselves. Thank you for tuning in to Prima's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month podcast series. Should you have any questions regarding this podcast or any podcast in this series, please email education at primacentral.org. 
To learn more about Prima's educational resources, please visit primacentral.org. Thanks again.